Hi everyone, I'm Javin. And this is Esther. And welcome to Millennial Runs, a podcast about thrilling conversations for millennials. What is the topic today, Esther? Today's topic is job hunting. In this episode, we're going to talk about our experiences looking for jobs, what we have learned over time, and dealing with rejection. Stay tuned. So Esther, job, uh, job hunting or job search is uh, quite an interesting topic, at least for both of us. Yeah. Uh, what has been your experience, uh, like looking for jobs? Uh, actually, to begin with, what was the first job you ever had, and how did you get it? Okay, so my first job ever was a sales person for DFCU Bank, and this was in my S six vacation, and I did not have to apply for that one. Um, <laughs> I got in somehow, um, so I didn't have to apply for it, but. Fast forward, um, I would say my first job that I had to like apply for and be intentional about was actually my intern, right? So, you know, in uh, Makere or the Ugandan system, you have to do your internship in second year, second semester. So it's supposed to be only three months, um, but I ended up staying for the whole year. So from June of my second year to June of my third year, I worked there. Um, so I had to apply like a normal internship. Then I had to go for the interview. I had to send in my CV. So it was quite serious. So I would say that was my, my first real job that had like um, real like experience and hunting and all of that stuff. Um, yeah. How about you? How about you? What was my first job? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think my same thing is my first formal job. Um was uh, for the internship. Uh, I think was at the same faculty, but at that time we didn't know each other. But um, yes, and I was actually really, it really built my confidence because um, I think I applied blindly to a couple of places, to like the big organizations. And for some strange reason, I got in and I don't know why and how. Because you're brilliant. (laughs) No, but there were also other brilliant people that didn't get in. Mm-hmm. And you know, most of the times, the uh, the job market, especially in Uganda, is about uh, your network and sometimes nepotism and things like that. Yeah. And I literally didn't know anyone, but I had like almost four internship acceptance letters. I mean. Yeah. Yet some friends of mine were actually uh, struggling to even get one. So I didn't understand what that was about. But that was my first experience. Yeah. But then, um, this is another topic that I ended up choosing the wrong place. Yeah, I had options. So I ended up choosing uh, an organization just based on its outward uh, its outward perception or publicity yes. compared to like the kind of experience or work I would get as an intern. Uh, as an intern. Yeah. So I guess that's also something uh, that's important, like during the job hunt to evaluate if you're actually going to learn and grow. But that was an interesting first experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's true. Um, but I like to think of it as, I don't know, bear with me, destiny. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't chosen that place, maybe you wouldn't mm-hmm. be where we, you are today and maybe you wouldn't have met, all of those things. I mean, there's a reason why we didn't meet on campus but we met when we met and we're friends now so i don't know maybe it was the right place after all we don't know true i guess that's also uh, like living in regret i have a little bit of some regrets on like choices or decisions i made 
You're like, oh, if I'd gone this direction. But I guess also sometimes it works out in the yeah. end. But also some, I think it informs your next uh, opportunities to like mm-hmm. choose really carefully. Yeah. Yeah, what opportunities uh, you take on. And in terms of like the job, so you said you got your uh, internship, that was your first job. Yeah. So um, like fast forward through the years, how have you been, uh, like, first of all, how did you get, like, how did you find out about that job? Was it through a friend? Like, how do people look for jobs in the first place? I think Uganda being Uganda, it's still your network and family, to be honest. I found out about my internship position through my sister. Um, she called and she was like, I have these friends. They're really good friends of mine. They have this company. You should apply. I think that would be great. Because I was one of those people who actually failed to get um, an internship place for like the longest time. I think I got towards the end of exams, like like the deadline for acceptance letters. I barely beat it. So I really oh, struggled. That must have been a little frustrating. It was nerve-wracking, especially since I started early. You know me. So I started really early, and we had learned how to make um, CVs in communication skills. So I had my, at least what I thought was a good CV at that time. I had it down. I typed my letters. I print, so I was on top of my game. But, like, I, <laughs> it was, yeah, no. I think, like, 15 applications later, I was like, I give up. And I think that was the first time like I had to deal with like job rejection. I was like, what is happening? I'm working for free. Someone take me. Only one person, please. But yeah, it didn't work out. So I was talking to my sister and she was like, you know, there's these people that I know you should apply. So yeah, that's that's how I um I managed to apply. So she called them and then they were like, yeah, apply through the formal channels. So I did. And I got an interview, which I passed, and I ended up joining them. So, yeah, I guess the the whole thing of the network is still like a big thing. But also, yeah. I think also there's some jobs that you can uh, get like through like direct application. Absolutely true. Yeah. I think for me, the way I found mine, yeah, uh, I asked around, like, okay, which companies are take on interns. And I did a cold application and just got my documents at that time. I think at that time, the online application was not yet very popular. So I'm saying it like it's very, like, long time ago. It's like four years ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, four years ago. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like a long time. Yeah. Yes. And I just printed out all these documents and just uh went to the reception and being nice to those people because they can literally trash your application in the bin and won't even get into the hands of the hr yeah that was my strategy just printed out all these things and just got one day and just went around uh, uh the city just like going office to office and just dropping out on these things but of course yeah that's an interesting thing but what do you think uh like now how do you, uh, because you've had positions since then, how do you get those positions at this point? I have to tell you, um, networking mm-hmm. has always worked for me. Like if I think back to all the jobs that I've had till now, I was always in a random conversation with someone and then they were like, hey, you should apply for this. And I did and it would work out. So it was a combination of like... um 
network or like talking to the right people and then also just putting my best foot forward so even after that internship uh when i transitioned to so fun fact about me i worked at a bank for like three weeks um the next opportunity at the un was also because um i attended a conference um a unfpa thing and somehow i don't even remember how i got on the list but i had free time after campus and they're like you should come through and i was like yeah sure so i talked to these people and then at the end um i talked to someone and he was like okay cool we can stay in touch and i was like cool and then many months later i get an email from him and he's like oh there's this thing that you should apply for so that's how i got in even the opportunity that brought me back to uganda where we met it mm-hmm. was actually a swati my swati flatmate who saw it oh. online yeah and she was like there's this thing in your country um you've been wanting to go home and do some impactful work i think you should apply for it and even after the role in that I'm in now was also, as you know, uh, a friend of ours recommended. So it has uh-huh. been recommendations for me and then putting my best foot forward. Yeah. How about you? What has been, what has worked for you? Because different things work that's, for different people. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I've not had that many jobs, but I think most of them have got them like from like online stuff. So I think uh the one the job where we met, I just found it on Twitter randomly. <laughs> what? Yeah, and I also I think I've gotten another job, like a consulting job through Twitter. Like someone slid in my DM and was like, Oh, um, we have this uh, uh short term gig to develop this and that. And yeah, days later I was doing something. Um and I think also another consulting gig was through um I think it was through Twitter. Yeah, and I reached out to the person. And yeah, I got that gig as well. But those were like gigs. But then for for the job where we met, uh, it was through Twitter. And then uh, other jobs that I've gotten here, it's just through like, um, I think one, one was like a headhunting. So one of the researchers reached out to me. Actually, the professor, not a researcher. Professor reached out to me and because of the uh i had done a research internship with him so because of um the track record or oh, he found me that I was really organized i kept with the deadline so the experience he had with me he thought uh, uh, i would make a great uh, uh teaching assistant so yes and also the other one i think was also like just i think most of them have just been just online just looking at opportunities and just applying uh, coldly yeah which has been interesting i think it's safe to say that um however much the online i mean it's very interesting twitter or and you know like online job hunts and all of that i think Mm -hmm. it's still interesting how networking and your work ethic still play a role in getting opportunities yeah so yeah because i think work ethic plays a huge and also the impact you leave on the people even though you leave them and you just live in a good, uh, uh, like a good impression or a good experience, like they feel you are doing your job, yeah, really well in a in a timely and organized manner, then they really want to work with you again because they know they can rely on you. Speaking of like applying, like code applying, how how have you prepared or how have you seen your application? Because I think applying requires skills. 
even the like application skills and interviewing skills how have those skills of yours like progressed through the years and how different are you in terms of application and interviewing from when uh, your first internship um so when i first started off like with my cv let me talk about my cv i used my cv and cover letter used to look exactly the same for every job but over time and this is something that i learned from you but also other people is that you need to customize your cv for the audience so that's one tip i'd give to our listeners if it's a project management job for example for me i front mostly my project management experience if it's project management with technical experience with like a tech like tech work i front my tech work as well if it's more of community engagement work i put you know my community activities that sort of thing so over years i've learned to customize my cv and cover letter for the audience and then also over time i've learned that interviews are they just want to get to know you and they want to they've already um established that you're qualified right so they just want to know you and why they should hire you not the other person so back in the day i would just go in interviews like really extra rehearsed and you know very nervous but now i just go in and i'm like you know this is who i am this is what i'm good at this is what this is the value that i bring maybe i'm for you maybe i'm not so this is something that we talked about last time i think in assertiveness is that you have to know the value that you bring and be comfortable um so even if you uh, you remember the interview in which we met right and they uh-huh. asked me yeah can you do this and this in spreadsheets and i confidently said no because i wasn't going to sit there and lie you know just to get this gig and i'm not saying that we should not improve on our skills i'm just saying that know who you are and what you offer sometimes you will be the right fit and sometimes you won't and i think that's also one step towards dealing with rejection better <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. i think how about you um i think first of all i think like in terms of cv and cover letter i think over the years the, because there's so many applicants right now there's so many people who are qualified who are ambitious so your cover letter has to stand out and also has to be extremely short and straight to the point with like action words i think there are very many resources online on how to like make your cover letter really straight to the point actually i think right now my uh, my no not cover letter cv my cv is i think like two pages but i want to bring it to one because there there there's so many uh, people there's so many people they're looking at so you have to stand out and also these days they use automated hiring so you have to have the keywords on lock so if you're applying for certain positions and there are certain keywords they're looking at so the ai or the machine learning model they're using is just going to pick out those words and predict if you would be a good applicant and if you don't have those keywords even if you're using synonyms or uh maybe something that's related or you're being wordy about what you did then um you lose your chance at that point yeah and also the cover letter i also saw that people they're looking for a personalized touch like what's driving you on a personal level to apply to that position so for example if you want to work in the finance sector or health sector like bring in a personal story of like what you, uh 
what is your driving factor or motivating factor that bring that interest, that additional interest? Because we can all be interested in the company, we can be interested in the technologies, but the personal the personal story sets you apart and also showing like a track record. I think something that has really worked for me throughout applications is like something I did actually like a few years, like four years ago, where we entered like this uh, competition, like at, uh, it was a competition and we came in third and won uh, a grant. So that show, uh, and it's tied to like the finance sector and all this stuff. So that shows that you really are interested on a personal level as to why you want to be involved in this particular thing or in this particular uh, company or job or whatever. And also in terms of interview skills, I think it takes skills personally. I think it takes skills to be able to articulate your best qualities because if you just, like you said, you said you just go in to just bring yourself to the table, but I think it takes skills to actually bring yourself. That's And if you don't, yeah, if you don't rehearse, like you won't be able to bring out the point in the in the um in the time at the time at which they're needed. Because if you've not uh, if you've not gone okay like done searches or like rehearsed and found out about what you want to say or how you want to represent yourself, I think you lose out. Because to me, I think you need to curate, uh, curate yourself because you to the job you're not just bringing yourself; you're bringing your professional persona. So I think. To the interviews, that professional persona has to come and it has to be presented with certain keywords, with certain things, and also relating them to you, to the job description and also to the company at large. I think it requires, personally, if when I'm going to interview, I do a thorough, um, a thorough outline of how, what I'm bringing and what they're requiring and how the two of them meet as opposed to winging it on the day and like forgetting the most important crucial things that even relate to their company or to their, and they won't give you a do-over. So you have to, it has to be a one-time hit. So you have to come in with guns blazing, you just hit all the targets. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you, you yeah. literally get one chance yeah. and any small mishap, any small thing can just, yeah, like uh, I had gotten an interview somewhere and um, so, you know, they ask a question these days, what other companies are you applying to, right? And at that point, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't come across that question in any of the interviews I'd taken before. And um, naively, I mentioned the names of the companies and that actually got me out of the race. They were like, okay. But wasn't that the question? <laughs> yes, but it's a trick question. So if you do not, if you just uh, do it blindly, then you are working against yourself. You may be being honest, but it's working against you. So in the feedback, they were like, okay, uh, these other companies, we see you are thriving more at these other companies than at our company. So it's, they stop looking at you because they feel like if you get if you're applying to these companies, you may get there and you'll ditch them. Or even like you're not willing to last at their company and you switch to these other companies later. Mm. So and later, yeah, and that's how I lost that on that. And later I realized that uh from an online search, 
you're not so you shouldn't say you say um yeah there are like ways to curate your uh your such responses to make sure they're not false but they're not working against you because you're trying to get a job offer I see. Which is quite interesting, yeah. And then for you, uh, like, how do you narrow down? So we are talking about CV, uh, cover letter, but then how do you narrow down at which positions you're uh, applying to and all that stuff? I think um, back in the day when I was just starting, um, especially that, oh, snap, I just realized that I forgot to say that I worked at an IT consulting firm. Yeah, like after campus <laughs> yeah <I> just <laughs> um anyway so back in that day during that time i used to apply to anything that was looking for anyone but now when i find a gig that i may be interested in or a job i look at the company what they're doing their projects um anything that i can find uh beyond the name and see if you know my life my values resonate with the company that makes sense because the last thing that you want to do is to join, you know, an organization that doesn't remotely um, connect to you in any way. I mean, I guess you could if you're, you know, you, your paycheck is the primary motivation. But if for myself, I know that I'm someone who gets really invested um, in the work and I want something to anchor me there beyond the pay. So sometimes I look at maybe the way they treat the people, maybe the work policies, the kind of work that they are doing, those kinds of things um, is how I narrowed down. But most especially the work that we're going to do. Sometimes you don't know, so you can't really like make a judgment based off that. But the projects that they're doing, the people that they're working with, their values, corporate values, those kinds of things, I think, are some of the things that help me to make a decision. Um, yeah, you know, if they're in civic technology, I mean, it could even be like huge clusters, you know, like are they in civic tech or are they a tech firm, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, I can, I think that's my primary, that's what I look at. Um, I want to pick your brain on rejection, right? The first time you faced rejection and you realized that this was rejection and how you dealt with it then uh, versus now? I think the first time I got, I got rejected was... I actually don't remember the first instance of rejection, but I think I was really broken for a couple of days and I felt like, okay, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe... Uh, actually, I think I, at that point, I was like, maybe I should switch career paths. Maybe I'm not... Uh, all these negative things. But I think now, rejection, I've learned like rejection is just, it's it's part of the process because there are very many reasons as to why you could get rejected. And most of the times it has nothing to do with you. It could be a better candidate. It could be uh, maybe you're not a fit for that particular role, maybe internal hiring, very many reasons. Maybe they're canceling the position. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's a diversity hire and they're looking for a female and you're male or the other way around. Yeah. Or they're looking for someone with a specific, uh, can speak a specific language because their clients for that particular project is from a specific country. So they want someone who can connect to them on that level. So many small things. But then... Um, yeah, you don't get to see those small things mentioned in 
the rejection email. So you make up all these things as to why you have been rejected. But most of the time, it's um, it has nothing to do with you. But what I do uh, now compared to then is if it's an opportunity that I was really interested in, I ask for feedback. And sometimes you're reconsidered or sometimes they recommend other positions within their company that could best suit your skills. And in that way, you could apply. And maybe later you could, um, after like some experience, you could be an internal hire for the same position you wanted before. So yeah, so how do you handle the rejection? So as I said before, my first rejection experience was during the intern time. And I took mm-hmm. it really badly. Um, I was like, am I not good enough? Do I need to have better connections? Is it my family? So many things. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt really bad. But um, then after campus, when I was at that consultancy firm, um, I was also applying for jobs and I was dealing with rejection. But then the UNFPA gig came along. And I think from that point, it changed my my view on rejection, right? Because I was like, mm-hmm. these other firms had taken me. I would have never applied for this gig. Or, you know, I would have been maybe comfortable. Or I would have been like, well, I already have a job. I don't need it. You get what I'm saying? So over, mm-hmm. the, over time, I have learned that I'm um, sometimes I'm not what they're looking for. I'm not the fit, like you said. And there's so many other reasons. But I also keep the faith that, you know, if this is not for me, it's for someone else and that an opportunity for me will come, right? So that's how I look at it. Of course, this is not to say that you don't keep working hard and you don't keep putting yourself out there and you don't keep learning all of these tricks. Like I didn't know that if they ask for where else you're applying, you're not supposed to like say it. Like I would say it, you know me, I'll just be like, yeah, here, here, here. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> There's these- some curated answers. Yeah. So there's all these skills and these tricks that you have to learn over time to make yourself a better competing candidate. But also sometimes I look at it from a point of, you know, if this one is not mine, then the next one might be. I don't get discouraged. I just keep moving. I'd never ask for it, um, for, for feedback until that time when you encouraged me to ask. That was my first time. They got back to me. Um, and I think it was good. Maybe it's a habit that I should pick up because they mm-hmm. give a lot of technical advice and next steps, which they don't put in their uh, rejection emails that they send out. So that was really good. It's something that I learned from you as well. So yeah, for me, I look at it. If not this one, the next one might be mine. In the meantime, let me prepare. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to ask for feedback. It's Because even then you establish a relationship with the recruiter. And then actually sometimes, like the next time you apply, you're really aware of what they're looking for and you just hit all the marks so it's extremely easy to to do or to like get in at that point yeah but then um yes but to take you back a little bit even before rejection what other things do you think um because you know like it's really important to like continuously improve your cv and also to have like a very good linkedin profile or especially depending on your job uh, curating what you put on your social media platforms how have you gone about uh, trying to make your uh, personal brand i would call it a personal brand like 
trying to curate what things come up when someone Googles your name, because they will. How have you gone about that? Okay, so um, the first is I'm very intentional about my LinkedIn. Um, very intentional, populate it well, have my timelines on there, um, proper descriptions of everything. And then for the media that I may not want recruiters to see, I use different names, right? Um, and I hope, <laughs> so I hope that they don't show up when they, actually, yeah, no, even with the name that I used to register um, is different from my professional name, right? So just to separate the content that I may want to be seen by other people and the content that I may not want people. So when you Google my name, my LinkedIn pops out and my LinkedIn is good. It's, 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 it's well curated. And then my other private things that have random things, I use a different name just so that it's different and it's, you know, a different headspace. So that's one thing I would recommend. Um, if you decide to use your professional names on your profiles, I think it's important to curate a brand that is professional and is serious. For example, some people use Twitter. I know that you're good at Twitter. I'm not really. So even the things that you post have to be, you know, you can't be sure. like random Twitter fights, but then also this is your Twitter profile for, you know, tech, you know, you're passionate about tech or AI or all those, those things. And somehow you're retweeting stuff from the people you want to work for. But then you're also in a Twitter fight with other people, all of those random things. So I think um, there needs to be separation if you want to have both. In terms of CV improvement, I use not to improve my CV regularly. But now I do. Thanks to you and also a couple of other people, I try to update it, go in there maybe every once in a few months, remove a few things, add a few things, kind of risk. I don't restructure the whole thing, which I probably need to do better. Like try to move it. Like you've said, you're trying to move yours to one page. Like I haven't sat down to do that. But I do go in every few months and like remove stuff, add stuff, remove stuff like that. Um, but I think it's something that you also need to be intentional about. So yeah, continuous CV improvement, um, but also like um, picking the social media that you want people to see and being intentional about what you put there. I think that yeah, and I think also you can uh, like for Twitter especially you can add like a disclaimer in the or in your bio. Yeah, but then of course you cannot start posting like graphic content because it will still come up with their due diligence mm. um yeah it will always come and also like things that are really uh like hateful speech yeah. like really strong um because that goes against their work culture because you're going to be working with people from different places so if you're like i ha- i hate these particular people or i do this then that definitely will affect your chances absolutely yeah that's really interesting that nowadays, like what you post, like your private content is actually not yours, but just defines and how you move around in the world. Yeah. There was this thing that you used to like talking about, the self-censorship. Mm. I don't know if it's like a yes. different topic to unpack, but it definitely plays a role. Yeah. True. Because I think at some point you, uh, you have to self-censor. Mm. Some of the conversations that we see, for example, like people who uh, you want to chime in or you have specific things you want to talk about. But then I nowadays I ask myself, uh, do, I actually, do you actually need to like post it? You could actually talk to a human being without having to post it. So 
and just preventing all the ripple effects that could come from uh, being, I don't know, free, like freedom of speech and speaking all these things uh, that could be harmful to you in one way or the other. Yeah. But also, I think it also depends on what uh, particular line of work someone is in. Yeah. I think we're talking, we're speaking from um, conventional career directions. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess like an artist, so I think you have... Yeah. Uh, yeah, or like a digital content creator or like an influencer, like a brand influencer. It would be different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would be different. That's interesting. But then you said of um, CV, what is like one tip you would give in terms of CV and in terms of CV and how someone can stand out? Like, how would you stand out? Like, for example, if you're like in a pool of like 50 applicants, how would you stand out? I almost feel like you're best suited to answer this question because I learned most of my tips from you. But I would say keep it short. True. The people who are going to like review these CVs, if it's not an AI first, or if it's not an uh-huh. AI, like they have like 500 CVs to look at. No one is interested in your four page. And I did this, this, and this, and this, and this. Like it's like an essay. Yeah. No one is interested. Yeah. Keep it short, straight to the point use um keywords or you know like strong words or you know definite words um you know just get the point across um you don't have to talk about everything but you can highlight a couple of things i would that's what i would say keep it short you know two pages max um yes. and just everything in there um yeah. yeah and also i would say keep also the statements short um, your place of work, but also like your roles and responsibilities, whichever approach you want. Because some people will put their KPIs, like what they were supposed to do at a job. And then some people mm-hmm. put like their achievements, like, you know, I did this or grew the social. I would say also keep those statements short. For example, successfully grew social media following from X to X, you know, keep the statements also short. Yeah. What about Yeah. You? Well, I think it's the same thing you've mentioned, but also, of course, the normal things, chronological order. And also sparking interest. So, like, giving enough information for them to be interested in you to invite you for a talk. So, like, don't bombard them with the entire, uh, your entire lifetime of uh, events, but just the sweet spots so that they called you to find out, okay, you said you grew the social media following by 200%. Uh, what strategies did you use so that they can ask you, so that they can be interested in you. But if you give them all the information, then there's no reason for them to find out more about you. And then I, I think that also in, uh, influences their interest in you and also and also influences the length of the CV. Yeah, but I guess keeping it short is the most important bit. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, another dimension of this job hunting. So at what so let's say you've had other positions, uh, let's say in uh, position X, at what point do you decide, okay, this is time to move on in terms of career advancement and like job hunting while at another job? I don't know if there's a one size fits all answer for this, but I yeah. do have some really valuable advice from someone. And they were like, um, below your 20s, I mean, okay, there are some people who play the long game. They're like, if I get Mm -hmm. in as an intern, become a regular associate, assistant, you know, like they're playing the long game and they're like, one day Mm -hmm. I want to lead these people. So there are those people. 
Um, but then there are also people who are diverse and they're like, you know, I want to go here, then I want to go there, then I want to go there. I'm one of those people. So my strategies in the past would be like, I go in and I learn. At mm-hmm. that point, when I'm becoming too comfortable, that is when I start mm-hmm. to like start to want to leave. Because comfort is like the enemy of progress. If you become too comfortable and you're like, yeah, I know the pay, I know the work. Like you've only, you only know the work of that, that organization, not outside. I think sometimes people lie to themselves like, yeah, I'm good. And then you get out and, you know, the world has left you behind. So no one size fits all. But I would say at that point when you're becoming too comfortable or when you start to feel like you want to desire uh, or you want to explore new horizons, I would say that's when you should start looking. Then pace yourself, especially when you're in like a work environment, like you're still working and you want to transition smoothly. Pace yourself. What I used to do, I had like a notebook of like the jobs that I would see um, that I wanted to apply for. And I'll just mm-hmm. do one a week, one a week to give me time to set my essay, set my cover letter, blah, blah, blah. Have someone review it, send it in, rest. Then again, next week like that. So I would pace myself maybe once every week or once every two weeks. Um, just so that you know um, yeah it's not too much and the pressure doesn't build however if you're time bound like let's say maybe a contract is ending and you need to have a solution ASAP then I would pick it up and even you know expand the search even further that's what I would say generically but mm. yeah between you and I I think it was I played the long I played the long application game like two weeks two weeks two weeks until I was able to transition smoothly yeah how about yeah. what are your strategy? I think it's uh, it's it's the same thing. Um, plus, I've not well, I've not had that many transitions. I think I've had like one actual job. But I think it's the same thing. You have to pace yourself and see um, which places you want to apply to. But also, even to look at applying, at what point does it become excessive applying? Like, do you apply to a hundred places until one of them calls? I don't know what the fine line is. Do you apply until you get a position? Like how, what are your thoughts on that? So from my experience, um, Mm. I would apply for maybe like, let's say 10 and stop Mm. and kind of give time to get feedback or get rejected or get accepted or, you know, see what's next. Mm. And then that time could be different for anyone. Um, It could be from a month to maybe like three months. Um, and then pick up again. The last thing that you want to do is like apply for like a hundred positions in a month because you're going to be emotionally overwhelmed. And then if you don't get into any of them, God forbid, those are going to be a hundred rejections that you have to deal with mentally and emotionally. So I would say like play the long game, especially if you have time and pace yourself because yeah, it can be, it can become too much. And I think you also don't want to a hundred you get to a point of where it's desperation and i feel like sometimes recruiters can smell desperation you don't yeah. and they use it against you yeah. even if they're going to give you an offer they'll give you like a really strange yeah. salary yeah you don't want to be too desperate yeah. i mean we yeah you want the opportunity but you want to mm-hmm. you want to apply from a point of stability and strength right because yeah. when, you're, when you're pushing out like a hundred, you'd even apply for jobs. You're like, as long as I live, you know, yet when you're coming yeah. to a point of strength, you're like, yeah, this is not for me. It's a good opportunity, but it doesn't fit me. So no, you know, and then this one, you'll be like, yeah, this one is kind of me. So yeah. So I, yeah. I take care to, to pace. 
And also, I think this is a really interesting and lengthy topic. I think we're running out of time. But also, uh, to end, there are two questions I have. How does someone emotionally distance themselves from applications? And also, what do you do as you wait to hear back from uh, uh, from recruiters if you're being rejected or accepted or invited for tests and all that stuff? Yeah. So for me... Um... For me, it's, uh, I don't know if it's my beliefs or anything. I always, when I'm going to apply for a job or a gig, I usually talk or, okay, if you have faith or a higher power, I would usually talk to that higher power of faith, okay, God, and say that, you know, I'm going in and I've prepared this, but this, um, if it's for me, it will work out. I think I have that mentality a lot. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I usually go in and like, you know, if it's for me, because I've done the work and I'm good, it's going to work out. If it's not, then it's not against me. It's not, um, you know, a blow at my skills, but it's not for me. I think that works for me really well because it puts me in a position of peace where I'm like, just wasn't meant to be. I mean, you always need to learn. You always need to grow and expand your skill set. But the way I distance myself is that if it hasn't worked out because it's not for me, that's how I, um, I, I, I look at it. Then when I'm waiting, I usually take courses to, especially like, you know, sometimes you apply for a job, but you're like 50% short. You kind of just apply and be like, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. But you also know that you may be 30 or 40% short in terms of the skills. So while I wait, I usually try and bulk up on those skills that I'm actually short on, that I'm aware of, right? So that takes the time, you know? And maybe if I take off time and, you know, do these courses and all of that, then the next time I'm applying, I will actually have those skills or that skill, or I would have added on one extra thing, right? So that's a productive way to spend the time. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I know not many transitions, but what would you say? I think for what I do is I desensitize from the entire process. So when I apply, um, I just keep a track record of what I've applied to, but then I don't drill on what positions they are. So if it comes through or not, then I just move on. But also, um, if I don't hear back from them and I'm interested in the job, maybe after two weeks, I could reach out to them. But also, I make sure to only invest in improving skills if i'm sure there's a possible offer so like as if they're too like in the second uh interview round yeah because you could invest in uh upscaling but then you don't get the, the job offer which is would be a waste of time or maybe the, the the skill could help you for another search but then that's a long shot um yes but i'm also quite superstitious in uh, sometimes you may share uh, that you're uh, maybe getting a, a job somewhere, but then it doesn't happen. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if, if jinxing things is like a valid thing. I don't know if... Do you think it's it's like a... I think, I think people talk about it so much that it seems... To it becomes be, real. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. What did you think of the episode, Esther? Uh, it was brilliant. Um, and it gave me also the opportunity to talk through some of the things that I need to work on. Like, um, we're, we're also learning. So um, there's so much to work on. And it's continuous improvement. Is key. Yeah. True. 
Yeah, and that's a bye from us. Bye, everyone. everyone thank you so much for listening to this week's episode we are loving your feedback and continue to incorporate it in what we do uh, please be sure to follow us on instagram at millennialruns.pod we are also live on spotify google podcasts and itunes so please be sure to listen to our episodes there we release new episodes every other monday so be sure to catch us then bye